Hello and welcome to another episode of Toxicology, sponsored by Recovery Unplugged. Here at Toxicology, we talk all things addiction, recovery, and mental health. Tonight's guest, recovery advocate and blogger, Michael Ferrer. I'm your co-host, Jason Cabello, and as always, your host and mine, Joseph Gerardo. So, Joseph Gerardo is running a little bit late, and sorry to spoil all the Hollywood magic, but that uh, that intro is pre-recorded, so cat's out of the bag on that one. Um, so it's just me on my lonesome here, and... Thank the Lord I have behind the scenes Greg back there running everything. How how are things behind the scenes, Greg? Behind the scenes, Greg? Uh, things are well. Uh, it's it's a little busy behind the scenes this evening. As you could see, I am uh, I'm in front of the scenes for once, even only wow. for a brief moment. Uh, and uh, on top of that, I'm still doing all the behind the scenes stuff. So, uh, so it's it, it's almost like a a bizarro reverse Wizard of Oz, where it's like this big, huge show, and then you see, and there's this little tiny guy behind it. We have kind of a little show, and then you do the big reveal, and the world gets to know what an absolute hunk you are now. Oh uh, well, thank you, Jason. I very much. Yeah, man. Any any time. Easy on the eyes. Maybe uh, <laughs> if you, if you if anybody wants to comment, maybe Greg needs some more screen time. I I, I think definitely so. <laughs> Uh, I much I much prefer it behind the scenes. So it's, uh, it's quite all right. Yeah. So Greg is running social media. So if you are trying to to chat via social social media and it is not going as fast as you would like, please give the guy a break. He's doing it all now. He's co-hosting for the moment. Joseph is on his way slowly. Um, not slowly. I shouldn't say that. So Joseph is working, trying to save lives. He is out there doing his nine to five, which is not a nine to five. It's kind of he's always on the clock. He's out there trying to get people in, trying to save lives, trying to uh, get people into treatment. So we'd absolutely forgive him, give him all the leeway he needs. We'll be here chatting away when he gets when he gets there. We will put him on. Not to fear. Joseph will be here this week eventually eventually so if you if you guys have any questions for behind the scenes greg or myself please put it in the chat and we will address them while we are waiting for our fearless leader in the meantime greg why don't we uh what, t- tell us a little bit about yourself man uh, i know you're kind of a private guy but um no better way to break that than put you on a, a podcast and have you talk about yourself a little bit yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my name is Greg. I'm the content manager here at Recovery Unplugged. Uh, I'm an East Coast transplant, much like uh, the rest of Austin, Texas. Nowadays, there's no locals left. Greg, did you bleach your hair? <laughs> uh, no, I did not. Uh, I I have a ring light. The cat's out of the bag, uh, and uh, it's, on, <laughs> it's on the it's on the warm light setting, and uh, I I think it's just given a little extra added effect, but no hair is not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I've worked here for, I've worked here for a number of years now. I think it'll be five years in July. Uh, I've done all sorts of things. I started just like everybody as a behavioral health technician. Um, and, uh, as new opportunities arose, I always asked to, you know, throw my name in the hat and now, uh, and now I'm behind the scenes, Greg. So (laughs) look at us, two former techs. Um, Doing the podcast now, so recovery unplugged text, man. Keep mm. 
careful or they're going to stick you on a podcast one day. Yeah. Yeah. Keep on trucking. Keep on. Yeah. Trucking. So let's uh, let's do a little get to know you, Greg. I think it'd be fun. We have we have a couple of people in the chat now. Let's play. Um, let's play. What is it? Lie, lie, truth. Two lies and a, two truths and a lie. What is yes. it called? Yeah. Two truths and a lie. Is, two uh, truths and a lie. Is how I've commonly heard it been said. So let's uh, let let's hear from you. I'll, I'll do one too. I'll play along and see if people can uh, can can guess what the lie is. If you if you want to start, Greg, let's go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so mine are going to be. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I flew to Hong Kong unattended. At okay, I wasn't flying the plane, but I, I flew. <laughs> I flew to Hong Kong unattended at twelve years old. Uh, I met Steven Spielberg in line uh, for a chairlift in Vail, and uh, I'm family friends with the Jonas Brothers. So y'all let me know which one is the lie. Okay, and I will give you three as well. Um, I hate music festivals. Hmm. Uh, me and my girlfriend were born on the exact same day. And I was a drug dealer to the stars. Ah, I'm not sure. I think I know which one is yours. Hey, Susan, shout out to all the techs out there. Love that. Susan, big yeah, shout I'm, out to I'm techs. From Jersey. I'm from Jersey as well. Love it. So oh, Susan, says, Susan says your lie is that you're, you're friends with the, the Jonas Brothers. Okay. All right. I'm going to give it another moment before anything else rolls in. Yeah. Okay, Maggie. So we got lie is the Jonas Brothers, and we have Greg. One is the lie. I don't remember what order I put them in. So Sylvia says that the lies are that you flew yourself to Hong, that you yourself piloted an airplane at three years old to Hong Kong, and that I hate music festivals. All right, time for the time for the big reveal or what? Sure, let let's have you go first. I have no affiliation to the Jonas Brothers whatsoever. Uh, the other two were indeed true. So, okay, so I indeed hate music festivals. Why do you hate music uh, festivals? I don't know. I always, um, you know, I grew up going to concerts. My parents were in the music business, so I was always like backstage and got to experience that. And then when I started getting into music on my own, I was going to like punk shows. So it was like small dive bars. Love that stuff. Um, I just don't enjoy going to music festivals and having to sit through like tons of bands to see the one band I like at the end. Just not, just not a fan. Okay. Just not a fan. And I, I have sold drugs to the likes of U2. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I well, I mean, if I, I know that they're pretty litigious, so if like if they come after me, I was the guy who brought you weed to South Beach Studios in Miami. Um, so my mom was the manager at the time and actually called me and was like, Jason, I was like 19 years old. She's like, Jason, you have to get me some weed. Like, I'll never ask you this again. And um, she never did, but yeah, I got to got to bring that and and me and and the other one, me and my girlfriend, definitely not born on the same day. There, there's there's quite some some years apart between us. Uh oh, my mom just said Jason. Sorry, <laughs> mom. I don't know if that's going to get you in trouble, but she doesn't work for the the, the studio anymore. So mm -hmm. 
Well, Jason, uh, it appears someone new has just entered the uh, the virtual studio here. Is it Bono? <laughs> You're going to yell at me for outing him? <laughs> Not quite. Oh, Not shit. quite. Go ahead and give me a thumbs up if you're ready there. All right, Jason, you can proceed with an intro now if you'd like. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, my host and yours, Mr. Joseph Gorordo. Up, oh, wrong way, Joseph. There. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How you doing? How are you doing? I'm uh I am in South Texas right now, which is the reason for my tardiness. And excused. It's thank, excused. Thank you. But I love South Texas. It's a story for another day, but I'm I'm from down here. So it's kind of like a going back to your roots a little bit. Yeah, cool. You ever been to the border? Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, my, you know, my, me and my family would drive from Houston to to Saltillo to visit my family, and you know, we would go through, and then um, Piedras Negras is that? Yeah, uh, Piedras Negras. No, that's no. that's across the river from Eagle Pass. Yep, exactly. That's where that's that's the only part of the border that I have been to. Yeah, well, you know, the border is very other. You know, it's not, it's not Texas. It's not the U.S. It's not Mexico. It's it's a world in of its own. Yeah, it is. It is, and um, it's got a certain vibe you don't find anywhere else. Yeah, you know the the my my cinema cinematographer eye always wants to go back there and like I love like rural dusty like motels. Yes, and it just seems like that. That's how I remember it. Like I would love to go down there and be. Able if to, you uh, if you would like to find houses that have Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes, there in South that's Texas. where you go. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, I'd be scared that I might find the actual real deal there, though. Probably. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> more likely there. So what did I miss? Uh, um, we, Greg and I were just jibber jabbering, wasting some time till you got back. We were nervous. We were probably just, you know, Hey, uh, behind the scenes, Greg made his first appearance and it looks like the board is lighting up. He, he has a lot of fans. You know, I caught a little bit of the live stream on LinkedIn as I was coming up the elevator to my hotel room and I thought it was doing pretty good. Cool. Well, I mean, we only had to do it for a couple minutes. So any any longer than that, it would have been dead air, tumbleweeds, um, you name it. It, it would have went wrong. So we're and glad I, you're back. I knew as soon as you said you hated music festivals, I was like, yeah, Jason definitely hates music festivals. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's not like I don't enjoy going to see live music. So, you yeah. know, there's a huge, huge difference. Like. And you know what? To be fair, like I'm not a fan of hot weather. I, I love it when it's cold. Like I think it's like 30 degrees outside here in Austin right now, and I love it. I could go That's for a jam. this weather. So I mean, if there, if I went to a music festival where it was like 60 degrees during the day and cooler at night, I would probably have a better experience. But m most of my experiences were in South Florida in the summer, Lollapalooza, having to sit through a bunch of crap bands. Um, to see like the Beastie Boys at the end, but no, you know what? I, I'm going to take that back because I saw a lot of great bands out there. Um, yeah, I got to see like Guided by Voices, Polvo, bands that were not coming to South Florida at that time. Uh, playing the second stage was the only time that I would get to see them. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to stop over explaining that because yeah. you know, 
And well, now, now I'm starting to feel like we've made our guests wait a very, very long time. Yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead. Sober Press is Michael's blog. Um, I met Michael through a, a mutual friend. And this is like the, the, the recovery part that, that that's the opposite end of the spectrum. Right? Like when, when somebody knows that you're in recovery and they're like, yeah. oh, my friend needs help here's this guy's number and he'll call you. And then you try to help somebody. Yeah. Um, a mutual friend of ours named Brett styles was like, Oh man, my friend, Michael, he's in recovery too. And he has, he has this great blog that he does. You guys should definitely meet. So I texted him that night and we started talking and then I thought he would be a perfect guest for the, the podcast. So um, let's, let's bring Michael on everybody. Michael Ferrer. Nice. My hey How's it going? Yeah, I'm calling you Mike. Like, uh, yeah, call me Mike. I was about to ask you, do you like Joe or Joseph? I'm Joseph. Okay, cool. I'm, yeah. Fun. Yeah. Where You're are you Joseph. from, Mike? Well, I'm from a lot of different places. My last stop was Portland, Oregon, but uh, originally from New Orleans. Oh, no, yeah. you're not. New Orleans is my favorite city in the United States. Is that right? Yeah. Hands down. Right on. It's, it's probably not your favorite city, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a tough place to live, but yeah. yeah. It's but visiting it is great. Yeah. Very good food. Yes. Food's amazing. See and see, as a sober guy, right? Like that's what I do as a tourist, right? Yeah. So if you go there, you know, to drink and party, well, you're you're actually doing the exact wrong thing. Yeah, you have to go there to eat, experience the uh, the vibe, the history. There's so much to New Orleans than going to Pat O'Brien's and getting shit faced on a hurricane. Yeah, my, my my girlfriend and I went a couple years ago, and we got to go see like the second line practice and like this tiny little like shack. And um, we went on a tour, and the tour guide was like here's some drinks, here's some weed. And I'm just like, no, no, I'm in recovery. And she was like, that's amazing. Like, do your thing. Like, have yeah. some fun right. here. Like, that's you're going to remember this more than anybody else. And it, it was a great time. Was yeah. Awesome. And actually, the best time to go is like when no one else is there, you know. Don't yeah. go during Mardi Gras. That's bullshit. Don't go yeah. there. It's better. It's better, like, to go, like, in the fall or, you know, Go for Halloween. For that's a good idea for Halloween. Get some uh, Halloween tours and yeah. some ghost tours. It's a ton. Of, there's so much really great stuff there. Uh, Jazz Fest is is fine if you like music, but you know, Jason, that's not your bag. So, yeah. mm -hmm. music is my it. bag. Festivals yeah. or not? Well, so, so. No, man. New Orleans. I think about That's New Orleans. Funny. I think about. I think about those brass bands. You know. I think oh, about yeah. getting getting a muffaletta and sitting somewhere and just oh, watching yeah. people. Oh, people uh, watching! It's incredible. Uh, it's the Back only place in the U.S. that, like, I feel is like truly unique. You know what I mean? Because, like. It LA, New York, European, Florida. They all got McDonald's, they all got the gap, you know, they all got that stuff. <laughs> but like New Orleans, you can get your khakis like, anywhere. Yeah, you can get khakis anywhere. <laughs> New Orleans feels like it's anyway, 
Welcome to the New Orleans podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by the New Orleans travel uh, JCs. There you go. Yeah. That'd be awesome if we get a sponsorship from New Orleans. That'd be cool. <laughs> Just the city of uh, New Orleans yeah, sponsors recovery and plug. There you go. So, so Mike, tell us a little bit about the uh, the Sober Press. So, uh, Sober Press was born out of COVID. Um, honestly, it, it was it was this weird juncture. In I was early in sobriety. I was maybe six, maybe nine months. I don't know into it into my own sobriety and uh you know covid hit and suddenly we're like having to isolate the very thing that you know would would drive anybody back to drinking back to you know using and you know i'm still trying to figure things out my coping skills all that stuff you know meetings went away smiles went away because you had to wear the fucking mask and, and it's not that I have disdain for the mask. It's just, you know, it's like life as we knew it was like different now. And yeah. so it was really my way to kind of find my way through the dark. And uh, I started just doing these, you know, just little stupid memes, design studies, you know, um, a graphic designer. And uh, I just had a lot of fun just kind of... Um, passing the time, just bullshitting around and um, putting, you know, little type treatments together, something that I think would uh, inspire others. And that was kind of my vibe. That was really sort of the, the order of, of business. And, and um, then I had the idea of like, you know, why not do a website where we feature people and stories, you know, and that just kind of spread into, you know, starting an Instagram and, you know, first, because I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And so in August, uh, I believe it was August of 2020, I started an Instagram sober press and, uh, I just, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just posting really, you know, stuff that inspired me, some quotes, stuff that I made up, you know, whatever. And, and, um, before I knew it, you know, and I had plans on making a website already secured soberpress.org. And, you know, from there, it just grew. Um, well, let me just, just yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Jason was going to stop you before I was going to stop you. So. Oh, no, I was going to say just like recovery. It's like fake it till you make it. You know what I mean? You just start doing the work, putting the work in, and then the results are going to happen. Right. And then uh, that's yeah. really what it was. It was a distraction from going back to the bottle, you know, I'm, I'm an alcoholic and uh, a drug addict. So it was one of those things that it was a proactive sort of route for me. And, the, you know, zoom meetings were just beginning to, to emerge. And there were, um, there was this amazing community within Instagram that just all of a sudden, you know, just unveiled itself to me and it was like amazing there's so many great people out there and it was so inspiring um and before you knew it um i had inquiries about you know putting stories out there and i had already started like putting the idea out there that you know i wanted to start 
you know, collecting stories and putting them out there on the website. And really the whole idea behind that was just to let people know that recovery is possible and that they're not alone. You know, I got to tell you though, I, 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 you know, I hopped on soberpress.org last night, you know, just kind of like, let me do some research and see what, you know, and I immediately was struck by the good design of, of your, I think, I think on the page it says wallpapers, right? All those little, all those little graphics itself would stand out. And, and I like good design and now it makes sense. You're a designer, right? But so I got to tell you, so there's a lot of people that share inspirational recovery stuff on, on social media, but a, your stuff looks real good. But B, as I was reading through it, you know, there was a lot of wisdom held in, in those little, you know, shareable things that isn't your everyday recovery lingo stuff. Um, and it's so did you, mental health. yeah. And so like, did you like, it seems to me like you made a bunch of those, those little things up, the little sayings and the content. Was I wrong in assuming that? No, I mean, some of it, yeah, I uh, I just find quotes that I love. Uh, I try to credit them. Uh, sometimes I put a big fat unknown in there. <laughs> you know, I can't take credit for all the shit, honestly, and that would be wrong if I did. But yeah. at the end of the day, if, uh, you know, there's some stupid little thing that I put out there that might inspire somebody and help them turn a corner, that's really that's it that's the bottom line that's what i'm after i'm not here to make money uh you know my job is you know is graphic design i'm a freelancer that's how i make my money that's how i pay the bills for me this is it costs me money to actually run a website yeah. um but that's totally fine you know and that's what i'm after it's I'm not for, I'm not here to be famous. I'm not here to make money. It's just, it's for me as much as it is for everybody else to enjoy and so, be inspired by. So have you had the experience of people reaching out to you to tell you like, yeah, hey, this post, I made it my wallpaper on my phone and it helped, you know, and it's helping. Have you gotten that feedback from people? No, no, I, you know, I. <laughs> no, I, are you serious? Well, you know, on Instagram, people comment, you know, if there's something that resonates, people will definitely respond and leave a comment for that. Yeah. Um, a life changing thing. No, I. I well, it, it, you know, it, maybe I set that up wrong, right? Because it doesn't have to. It's not like, oh, my God, like this, this thing you posted on Instagram kept me from killing myself. Right. Like, well, I, I think I think that's one of the things that like, you know, when we see recovery in movies or in TV, right, like it's always like snap life changing you know but it's a ray of light coming through the window and your life has changed the second you decide <laughs> yeah. to to yeah. put down the bottle or right. whatever it is and berries with rays yeah. of light and unicorns <laughs> yeah Bill w appears <laughs> with angels surrounding Sounds like a bad trip to me yeah, yeah right? <laughs> right no because recovery is really like you know getting through small moments right you know right. going it, from seconds to minutes to days to weeks exactly. and it's a moment it's a day it's an hour it's a minute i mean 
honestly, I've heard that repeated by others uh, in the Instagram community. And there, yeah. there are actually a lot of people that stand out. And it's funny because, you know, there, there, there are so many cliches that, that, that just float out there, but it's wrong to say that because they're, they're truths. Yeah. And if you listen, you know, there's, there's a lot of truth out there. And if your heart is open and you listen and in, in you, you just sort of like tune out the idea that I've heard it before, it'll resonate. Yeah. Yeah. There are some I've... things that, you know, are easily dismissed because you're jaded. But, you know, I think part of being in recovery is, is like kind of just growing up again, you know, or for the yeah, first one, time. <laughs> one, one of my favorite things about recovery is like, I consider myself, uh, you know, I was probably one of the most jaded people, very negative, went into the, went into meetings thinking like, I know better than this guy. What does this guy know? They don't understand my story. And then the way the way it just kind of broke me down. And like once things start, once those little idioms and sayings started making sense to me and being like, oh, like let that shit go, let go and let God. And then like I remember the first time, like with my therapist, when I actually started doing some work and was like, Is this what you call a breakthrough? Cause like I let some shit go and I feel great now. Like I, I like instantly like that, you know, and on a daily basis, I could do that shit. So that's, there's still days though, you know, cause I, I grew up in Portland, um, back in the early nineties. That's where, you know, I cut my teeth in my career. And, uh, so now I'm dating myself, but still it's, it's, uh, to your point, being jaded, you know, um, my anthem was negative creep. You know, I couldn't be touched. You yeah. know, I was I was to the point where, you know, I was a walking asshole. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of it was like I was just hiding. I was hiding behind this, you know, I don't give a fuck kind of attitude and sometimes it still comes through you know sometimes it still happens and it's like well you have to come back down to earth because you know really that's where all the people are that's where the community is and that's where sobriety is you know wow well it's like that it's funny that that you guys both share that because like i also (laughs) surprise surprise like the things that we have in common but like i was you know punk rock fsu destroy mess up things just for no reason you know one of my favorite things to do back in the day was um flick cigarette butts into people's car windows that were cracked that was you yes that was me it was just like destructive for no reason maybe you're the asshole (laughs) so hold on hold on so like you know, for, in reality, like I was, I was a scared little kid, and this is the way that, like, I that was like my tough guy armor. But when I, when I got sober for real, one of my breakthroughs, Jason, with my therapist, was I was looking at her, I was like, "You just don't understand." Like, I'm an asshole, mm-hmm. and she looks at me and she goes, "Yeah, I don't think you're an asshole. Who told you you were an asshole?" And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, right, yeah." 
you know, a lot of his, a lot of that too is internal speak, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah these narratives we tell ourselves. Weird, weird. Who we like, are. I am my worst enemy. And when I was, you know, smoking a ton of weed and drinking, that would bring me down. And I, you know, I had such a low value of myself. Um, you know, so much depression and anxiety revolved around my world that the only way, like, you know, I could actually cope was to smoke out all the time and drink. And when it got bad, it was, it was literally, you know, um, every morning, you know, yeah, all the way through into the night, you know. So in, in April, uh, coming up this April, you are going to have three years of sobriety. Yeah, that's right. April yeah. 9th. So let, let's let's go back to um, like March three years ago. Where, where were you at that that brought you to the point that you were ready to just say, you know, I can't do this anymore? And yeah, you know, that that's that's really sort of that point of surrender. You know, I think that a lot of us experience and um, unfortunately, there are some that are maybe too stubborn. And I was part of that. I know. Um, and what had to happen was, you know, failing at work and not showing up. That's when it was like the full takeover. And I was literally like not even calling in, just ghosting. Um, Let me pause you. What was your narrative during that? You know, since we we're just talking about it, right? like what was your internal monologue like when you were ghosting at work? And I hated that. my fucking life. Mm -hmm. I hated it. There was this, uh, you know, kind of a rut between my door and the door at work. And there was nothing in the periphery. There was nothing actually getting me out of it. And, um, you know, I hated it. And I was seeking a way out, but I had no way mentally to, to really even deal with it or begin to, to think about how. Because I was so, like, under, you know. I was so numb that I needed a crash and a pause to really sort of collect myself and figure out, okay, this is what the fucking problem is. And this is, you know, and it's not like a switch. It's a process you have to go through. It's, 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 um, it starts with recognizing the fact that, yeah, <laughs> life is unmanageable, you know, and yeah, that's one of the, the truths. I'm going to call them truths, not cliches, but yes. And, you know, I don't know if anybody follows AA. So everybody has their own road and I respect that road. But for me, it was AA and, and that was that was it. Just knowing and recognizing the fact that my fucking life was unmanageable. Yeah. So was it was this the first time that you had attempted to, to get sober or had you yeah. tried and in and out for a while? Before. I've done rehab before. Uh, it worked for a while and, you know, I succumbed to the exact same rut and it got worse. Relapse is worse. So Relapse. you heard, 
So you heard the AA message a couple times before you were ready to be like, okay, yeah, that's me. I have, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, ah, that's bullshit. You know what I mean? I didn't fully embrace it. Um, I don't know. But it's, it had to, it had to, it had to mean like friends picking me up and, you know, I had to go to the ER. I had to, you know, I had, there were some shitty things that I had to go through in order to, you know, actually like, you know, train my thought to the fact that, you know, I just need to, I need to pay attention to what I'm doing. I need to pay attention to what I'm thinking and my thoughts about myself. It's, it's a process, uh, but you have to, you know, you have to kind of realize first that it's, it's an issue. And then, so there, was there some co-occurring things going on, depression, anxiety? So, yeah, you know, I've always dealt with anxiety and depression all my life. It was always something that I was wired for. And I guess that's what you said, the chicken or the egg, you know, what is it, you know, but honestly, it's everybody, I think, who does have, uh, an issue with with um, addiction, a deeper part of that is mental health. And I feel like, you know, that's sort of the answer. And if, you know, we're wired a certain way, okay, granted, you know, and that's sort of that definition of uh, the disease, but really, it's more of a byproduct of really what the root cause is in, in its mental health. And I feel like there's a huge stigma about that. You know, um, people just aren't taking care of themselves. They get too consumed with noise. They get too consumed with everything out there that distracts them from paying attention to what, what their needs are, what they need at the moment and what the healthier things are other than drugging, you know, or numbing up. And so, so you, you just said something really an expert. I no, no, but experience. The, one of the things we talk about is like, everybody's an expert on their own recovery, right? Like that's the beautiful thing about what we do, right? There's a billion different ways to achieve and maintain sobriety, recovery, abstinence, whatever you want to call it. But you just said something, but there's some truths that carry along. And you mentioned something just now about like anything to distract yourself, yeah. right? Um, from what you're feeling, you know, whether it's alcohol and drugs or anything else. And I actually, I spoke to an interventionist friend of mine earlier today and he said, oh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be slow the next couple months. And I was like, how do you know it's going to be slow? And he was like, well, because of Russia. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, as an interventionist, I need families to face some truth about their situation and that they need outside help to help their loved one. And he goes, when there's big geopolitical news, they focus on that. You know, the reality in their own home gets drowned out by the stock market and geopolitical strife. Mm -hmm. So it's not just us, right? It's not just alcoholics and addicts who have this, tune out mechanism and and you bringing that up like 
that's the root of so much, right? Is how do we distract from what's really happening? It's coping skills. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I feel like that is sort of, for me, it was the power of rehab to be able to learn or even, you know, sort of get the idea of what they are, what these mechanisms are that are healthy versus, you know, using. And I still put them into play. And, you know, when I say this, it became fast, a sort of a natural um, sort of reaction to COVID. I took what I was passionate about and I used it as a distraction in order for me to do something positive. And the positive that came out of it was exponential. And I owe it really to the community out there, the people in Instagram, the people that contributed their stories. It just reinforced really all the aspects of my sobriety and being able to cope and being able to, you know, maintain at a time when, you know, we should have been hitting the bottle even more. And trust me, I probably would have. And, you know, I do have a sponsor that I check in with daily. I have other support outside that, you know, I'm in contact with. Um, so, you know, it's not like any one thing. It's, it's a fucking octopus. There's tentacles, you know, and, and, and you have to maintain all of that. And, and it's, uh, it's super helpful. You know, I have not completed step work, but you know, it's always on my mind. It's something that I always think about, you know, I've gotten as far as step eight, um, but you know sort of the hard work is done i'm i'm already like on t- practicing 12 practically but, <laughs> well you, but, you know, know somebody told me once that somebody told me once that uh, as soon as you enter recovery or a 12 step program you're allowed to practice any step that starts with a one <laughs> so you could you you know admit your powerless but then 10, 11, and 12, right? Like seek God, you know, take inventory, be of service. You don't, you don't got to finish all the other ones to get to that stuff. Yeah. And honestly, you know, I'm not like, you know, the big book thumper, but, you know, I do believe that if you have a route that's working, stick to it. Don't let anybody influence you. Otherwise, I feel like um, there are people out there, bless their hearts, that, you know, are are really hardcore about AA and in the 12 steps, but you know, it's, it's okay. I think if you veer and you decide that it's not for you, that's fine. I feel like there's so much pressure out there anyway. Why not, you know, make your recovery your own, make your path your own and own that, you know, you're probably going to like be more successful than, experiencing the pressure of having to fit, you know, and that was a lot of me is like, how do I fit in all this shit? I never fit in. And the fuck if I want to fit in, do you know what I mean? 
Well, so, but like, you're hitting you're hitting some truths here that like you know that it, it takes some people to get a while to, and I feel like you you got to them maybe because of the pressure cooker of the pandemic, but like you know, I practice a twelve step program as well, right? Um, but have a lot a very open minded view about a lot of things, and I wasn't always like that, but yeah. you know what I what I've come to understand is that what's what we share in meetings and those types of situations that is valuable is our own experience, right? Right. My experience that is unique to me to share with whoever it might resonate with, like we were talking about earlier. And one of the disservices I see in a lot of uh, the hardcore rooms, right, is people repeating phrases and sayings that they picked up from their sponsor and their sponsor sponsor and their sponsor sponsor to where they end up just sharing other people's experience. And that's, right. that, that's all well and good, but the most powerful tool you or I or, or Jason or anyone else who's listening has to share is their personal raw and filtered truth. Yeah. Your and, own experiences. Yeah. And yeah I mean, it, and, and you magic. know it, like if, if you're at a meeting or something and you hear somebody sharing and all they are doing is quoting and all they are doing is hearing something that they heard somebody else say, like, you can tell. And like that, yeah. that's fine for that person. But then when you hear somebody get raw and somebody yeah. who's really soft spoken and they're yeah. just like they're not trying to get a laugh. They're not trying to get reactions from people. They're just like sharing from the heart. And like you see the pain that this person go went through and then you see them like talk about what their life is now and how they've just found like when you see like the inner peace in somebody like that's yeah. the kind of shit that keeps me coming back. It's, it's not yeah. the guy screaming yeah. how I got to work the steps or die motherfucker. This or that, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's that person. There's who no aggro in this fucking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, the, the work that the might be true sometimes, right? <laughs> well, yeah, of course, of course there, there's it's a little bit of truth. Being all the, is what it is really. Right, yeah. But I mean, honesty, open-mindedness and willingness are like the things that I've gained from working my 12 step program, which now allows me to bring it to other aspects of my life and find other things in my life that, that help me out. You know, what I mean yeah. and it, it's like my working in the 12 steps got me to where I am and I'm one of those people like I didn't come this far to just come this far like I continue to work on myself I continue to find things Did you just make, make that me. up Jason absolutely that not <laughs> no way this is, this that, is oh it sounded like you did I was like that was good Jason <laughs> well you know what for yeah yeah, we'll go back and cut that and say like, yeah, yeah, of course I did. I did that. Uh, that that's all Jason Cabello right there. But you know, it it, it it's like it, it's like perpetual motion. It's there's no like you hear there's no graduation of this thing. Like yeah. you there know, you're no, the 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 end is when you die. Yeah, that's this is this is the idea that you take to the grave, and it's like learning. You you don't you don't you don't stand and breathe with a heartbeat know it all no one the right was it all now if you have the attitude that you don't know it all and you want to learn you're going to continue to learn you're going to continue to get better and that's sort of the philosophy and that's humility right you know so it's easier to be yourself when there's humility in the room you know when you accept yourself for who you are and you know you're able to recognize you know okay i don't know it all but i want to 
And yeah. I probably will never know it all, but you can be the sponge and, you know, always grow. And with that attitude, there's a certain level that you, you know, you can surpass beyond your, I think what your headspace is. Yeah. And then being able to pass it on to the next person who needs help. You know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's what, yeah. that's what I'm here for. God, Mike's dropping wisdom, man. That uh, I'm still great, stuck yeah. on. I'm still stuck on when there's humility in the room. You have the space to be yourself. Ooh, well, it's oh. true. I mean, you know, it's honestly, it's like you can never compare anybody. I mean, and and that's the thing. I've been in rooms where you you see the guys, you know, talking about their scars and there, and it's <laughs> like. <laughs> You know what? I, my scars are blemishes compared to yours. You know, honestly, you're, you know, and that's the wrong way to look at it. On you know, it's 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 um, you have to look at it for for who you are and what you did and what you went through, because that's what's important is you. Yeah. So let me ask you when when you came in the rooms, you know. I have to assume again that like that you walked into a room where there was some humility, where you had the space to be yourself. Right. Um, what, what did that look like? You know, like what, what was the room that you walked into? Like, I, sticks out? What was the experience like? I was really quiet at first, my first endeavor. And I think that was part of the problem. I didn't really talk. I didn't, I was afraid to say anything. I was afraid of being judged, you know, and that's part of the, the anxiety. But then, you know, uh, the second time around, my home group was uh, Austin 24 Club. And if you ever go there, it's scary as shit. It's in a junkyard. And, you know, a lot of the people that went there were homeless and they actually slept there. But it was it was sort of a neat experience because of the dichotomy of people that actually went. You would you would have, you know, Joe Professional with, you know, Joe Homeless. And it, it was it was sort of a, a motley group, but they all like didn't give a fuck. They shared, they respected each other, and it was it was totally perfect for me because I fit right in, you know, somewhere in the middle, you know, and I learned a lot, you know, and I, I don't know if it's still open or not. Um, but I, the, when I look for it, it seems to be closed online, Austin 24. So I don't found anymore. You're talking about any 24 Austin 24. It's off law. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's next it's across the street from Chinatown. Yeah. 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 It's still there. Um, it's just a little it different. Is still there. Yeah. It's just a little different with the, with the, with the panty going on, you know? Okay. I'll have to you know, check you know. it out. That sounds yeah. like my kind of people. I love the, the ragtag group of misfits coming it together. Really, and, it really is, you know, and it was cool. You know, people that would, um, lead the meetings you know 
some some of them it was just a, a crazy group and you know I had a similar experience when I had probably about five years sober and was going through like a dark period in my recovery. I, I found myself at the at the 1030 p.m. Westlake meeting in Austin, Texas. And Westlake. And so Westlake during the day is very buttoned up professional crowd, right? But when you would go to the 1030 meeting, there's, you know, there's a motley bunch of people who are willing to go to a meeting at 1030 on a Monday night. And one thing I always loved about that group was that the ego, the, the sharing was not ego based sharing. Nobody was trying to out big book the next guy. You know, yeah. one guy might share real big book. One guy might share about you know, how his wife pissed him off that day. Someone else might share about crystals and that being a part of their spiritual journey. And it was all, it was all good. It was all yeah. good. And I like, I like a mix. I like a mixed bag of stories. Um, it's interesting. People are fucking cool and, and they all have a certain way to say things and they should be celebrated for that, you know? Uh, yeah, I think, I think that that I have... Have... go ahead. No, Mike. Oh, no, so... Yeah, Mike, <laughs> please go. Yeah, we, we hear each other all the time. We're like an old married couple. Mike was about to tell a story and I want to hear it. Well, no, I was just going to say real quick. Some of the stories on my website is, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like just the spectrum of people. And I'll just say that. I mean, the last person that, um, I posted was from uh, India and he was very short. He was very direct, um, which was, which was fine. I've had others that were just, I mean, write, you know, a huge dissertation. And it's, but I, I just love like how people will share. And I think all of it is great. If you ever want to share your story, I would love to hear it. That's all I got to say. Love it. All right, Jason, what were you going to say? Well, no, it's kind of a moot point now, but I was just going to say, like, expanding your echo chamber. You know what I mean? You don't want to just hang out with the same three guys you got sober with and, like, just hear their stories all day. It's like you you, you want to hear from people from all corners of the globe who have been through all different kind of shit that you can't even imagine. And that's, you know, it, but but then when you when you break it down and you realize that you all had that same feeling right before you you reached out for help yeah that some common thread is um actually a lot more prevalent than than you would imagine and it doesn't matter where you're from how you got recovered or how you got sick really there's a common thread between us all and i think a lot of that is what really makes a tight bond between the community and it's the fact that we got out of this rut. We found our way out. No matter how we did it, we did it. And now it's like we need to, you know, kind of help each other out and maintain. So, Mike, I want to I want to acknowledge the fact that you got sober during the pandemic. You know, um, yeah, I, you know, in, in the early days of the pandemic. You know, I remember being shocked, like at the thought that there was people who were in treatment at that moment 
who were never going to experience an in-person meeting, or at least, you know, we're, we're trying to get 30 days without in-person meetings. Like it blew my mind. And I know you had a, a little time before it all happened, but I, you know, and Jason too, I believe, you know, I had plenty of friends who, you know, with time, you know, with, and not that time matters, but, you know, people that I didn't worry about, you know, with time five, actually does matter. 12 years, you know, I had friends relapse. Um, I had friends overdose and die. And I believe in part. Relapse is a lot harder when you do have more time under your belt. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get, yeah. get out of that ego again and let it go. Ahead, right. Yeah. But I just I, I just admire the, the hell out of the fact that you were in early recovery through the pandemic. And I think that there's still people today who are entering a world where our old norms of recovery and in-person meetings and all that stuff still isn't quite back. So yeah. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts and wisdom on, you know, what got you, you know, why, why you were able to when a bunch of other people weren't, you know, just, just uh, you mentioned some community in the Instagram, obviously, but anything else that you think would be good for, for folks who are experiencing pandemic recovery right now? Well, I have a counselor. I see. Um, that's a huge, huge thing. And, you know, life happens in every which way, even, you know, when you're not looking for it, you know, things happen and you got to be able to arm yourself with positive, really good, healthy ways to deal with it. Um, you know, I'm, I love creating, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, I'll just meme it out, you know, <laughs> I hate calling them memes, you know, but I call them you know, studies, but you know, it's like, whatever, whatever you want, uh, you know, if there's something that you're passionate about, immerse yourself in that, that's healthy. You know, something that gives you like, I feel like gratuity, you know, something that makes you feel grateful, a sense of accomplishment, you know? Um, Is there something spiritual to, for you in the act of creating all this stuff? I, I, I mean, I, I'm a spiritual person, but I'm not, you know, religious, but, uh, you know, it, it, I think on a spiritual level, it helps me to know that if this one little thing that I threw out there maybe made a difference, you know, turn the light on for just a moment for somebody or made them smile or made them think or resonated somehow. Yeah. Or even just brighten yeah. somebody's day just for that one second when they're scrolling and they're, you know. And I don't always post inspiring or positive. Sometimes, you know, um, I let my emotions loose and, you know, that comes out too. And, you know, back in September, my, my dog died suddenly and uh, I kind of went not dark per se but you know you could see that things changed a little bit in terms of the vibe and all that you know so you know um it's i try to you know feel what i post so you know and and the people that i follow there's some people out there that just 
put it out there for what it is. And I love it. I think that's so great that they're honest and they're brave because, you know, it's like talking, you know, if you get it off your chest, it's off your chest. It's, you know, it helps. It's, it's a huge help, you know, and knowing that if I throw something out there, even though it's a little bit wrong or dark or whatever, maybe, maybe it, it, will also allow people to see that also I'm human too. I'm not like trying, you know, yeah. I don't know. Shit. It's no, you gotta be real about it. Right. It's not all, it's not all unicorns and rainbows. It's <laughs> not, yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's very it's rarely almost, unicorns and rainbows actually. Okay. I like, have not, I've, like coming up on six way. years and I've never seen one rainbow or, well, I've seen one rainbow, but not one unicorn. But have you seen a double rainbow? Not in person. Just that, no. just that one guy and that one video. Yeah, just the, the Hawaiian I guy. Think, and I think he that makes me happy. He was you know, see, seeing his joy out of it makes me happy enough. But if I ever saw one myself, I'd probably I'd probably feel the same way. Mm, yeah. Now, now, if I saw a unicorn, I would probably have to maybe check back into treatment or do something. But who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's kind of but weird. being being that recovery unplugged is um you know recovery unplugged uses the power <laughs> of music to uh to get to the underlying causes of addiction do you music. have do you so so what music and what music uh inspires you or or is your like recovery go-to music is almost always on um and I have a tendency to to go more um, the route of shoegaze, you know. Um, there, sometimes I want to air it out and I play something hard, but and you know there there are days that I just want something that I can just sort of dismiss, and it's almost like noise canceling. Mm -hmm. um but you yeah. know i shoegaze I, music started in the northeast didn't it like portland seattle well or i think the uk if you know, depends but like my bloody valentine stuff and yeah i think about that my bloody valentine's either album yeah oh yeah, yeah all that it's so good yeah. you know um so music yeah. gives you kind of like a vibe you like the the vibey noise kind of lose yourself sound a little bit yeah uh well you know there there there's a time you know sometimes techno is okay but you know i you know like for instance you know i love luna is one of my favorite bands um you know um galaxy 500 even before you know there were luna um Man, we got to hang mm -hmm. out, listen to That's coffee, yeah. drink some coffee, and listen to some records sometimes. Did y'all see that Sigur Ross announced a North American tour today? I didn't. Sigur Ross, are you familiar, Mike? Oh, yeah. oh. no, I don't know. Oh, if, if shoegazer bands came from Scandinavia and had their own made up language that they sang in, I think it's <laughs> good. Um, and Jason, I'm kind of proud of this. I saw this. The only city that they're playing two dates in. Yes. Austin, Austin? Yes, sir. Nice. Oh, wow. Um, 
So um, we're getting towards kind of the end of the show. I'm going to ask you one more music-related question, Mike. If you had to pick one song to be your recovery theme song or anthem, what would it be? Oh, man. Um, it's got to be Wilco. Something Wilco. This guy's my new, you're my new best friend, Mike. We got to hang out. <laughs> this is it. This is, I think Greg, 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 I mean, um, Brett did something when he put us together. I'll have to buy him a coffee. Thank yeah. you, Brett. Uh, I can't name anything. Well, give us an there. album. Let's narrow it down to a Wilco album. Wow. I'm, I, I'm, I'm struggling uh, coming up with something. I have to look. <laughs> but, um, you know, I love 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 wilco um jeff tweedy is a big a uh, recovery guy there is a song that has um that does come to mind and um gosh i can't remember the name but he sounds a lot like bob dylan when he sings it and um uh it's not summer teeth Sky blue sky. sky oh, blue sky. that's a good one. I think so. Yeah. Now, if you were to, I've had that actually. Uh, one of my first podcast interviews uh, was a gentleman out of Johannesburg, and uh, he did. He asked me the same thing. He was like, "Well, so if you could pick one song for your theme, what would it be?" And I was like, oh, "Why? Why just one, man?" Why, yeah, why, you gotta, why you gotta be a drag you know so i pick sky blue sky so i think well, that's I'm listen to that after the show excellent I choice think that's excellent the choice. one well mike we really appreciate your time here man this has been a great conversation i love it because it just feels like a, a couple of us just hanging out shooting the shit um, if you want to give yourself a little bit of plug to anything you got going on, please do oh, so. Well, I'm looking for stories always. Just hit the website. Um, go to uh, go to a little bit about submit your story, and um, it's super easy. It's just a stu stupid questionnaire. Uh, you don't need <laughs> questions. Just well, type it all out. I love. It love love to hear stories from people and i feel like the more stories i can put out there it's sort of a, a good way to let people know that it's possible to recover and that they're not alone that's the whole basis of the website awesome man well, thank you so much luckily people in recovery don't mind talking about themselves so i'm sure you'll, you'll always continue to collect these fantastic stories I, there's some good ones in there. Um, all of them are good in their own right. Um, I'll say so. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, uh, again, as Jason Brett. was saying, thank you ah, so much. Brett. Brett's here. <laughs> Brett, Brett, Brett's the one that, that brought this all together. Thank you, Brett. Well, thank and you, we hope Brett. You're, hope you're feeling better. He, he just got, a, he just got some, uh, some knee surgery done. So hopefully we'll see you back at the skate park soon, bud. So, Joseph, you, as we always like to uh, yes. end this out, um, 
So how many ways in are there again? Recovery, man. There's there's a thousand ways in. And there's a thousand ways out. And we hope you find yours. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Thank you, guys. Y'all be good out there. <laughs>